It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as almost roulading. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. It's the holidays, which usually means employing your surprise face. But winter winning scratchers are loaded with $500 prizes, so there's always a surprise. Unlike the 27th snowflake ornament from grandma. Play along with holiday scratchers from the Virginia Lottery at a retailer near you. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Hey everyone, this is the Almost Rogue Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Three. Welcome to Almost Rob Podcast. This is Almodor Jr. and I'm with my friend Barry. Bro, can you uh, tell us something about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm 44 years old. I'm a software developer. I live in uh, the United States, just outside of Minneapolis, uh, with my wife and three kids. Um, I've been a Christian for uh, four years. The church I attend is in the uh, Christian and Missionary Alliance denomination. Um, and I enjoy talking with theists, atheists, uh, people of all different sorts of views um, and worldviews online. Awesome, awesome. Well, how you said you that you started being a Christian four years ago. Um, how did that come about? Like, what, what, when? Yeah, sure. So I won't. Uh, it 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 can be a very long story or a very short story. So I'll try to keep it brief. Um, So for me, um, when I was in my teenage years, I got involved in uh, drug use, drinking, and that kind of stuff. Um, somehow I still managed to get into college, but college was more of the same um, between studying and exams and things like that. It was a lot of partying and um, just sort of living life according to my own rules. Um, and then that whole lifestyle sort of followed me into, uh, you know, I got married, had kids, but I still had, um, you know, a lot of, uh, what I now see was sin, uh, just infecting my whole life, addiction, uh, stuff like that. And, um, about around the age of 35 or so, um, I sort of, uh, had, had what I think was the start of sort of a religious experience, um, which started out really badly. I woke up um, in the middle of the night one night having a panic attack out of nowhere, which was just terrifying. If, if anyone's had a panic attack, it's, it's uh, you know, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, so I ended up leaving the house in the middle of the night um, for two hours walking around the neighborhood trying to figure out what's going on. Finally came back to my house 
and for a few days after that, this kind of ongoing anxiety was was continuing to follow me. That sort of changed over a few days into just depression, right? And during that time, I'm asking myself, like, what's my point in existing? Why am I getting up every day? So it's sort of this existential crisis, basically. Like, why why am I here? What am I doing? What have I been doing with my life for the past, you know, however many years? Um, And that got me to really think hard about, about the big questions. That got me starting to think about... Uh, my own mortality, you know, prior to that, it's like, I think until you get a certain age in life, you think you're going to live forever. And once you start to realize you're not, those sort of questions start to come up. Um, so the, the, the addictions and whatnot were still kind of following me. And I, and I got to a point right around the age of 39, 40, um, where I just was sick of who I was sick of how I was living. And, um, one night just, prayed, you know, I don't, it was one of these kind of agnostic prayers, right? Like, I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you exist or if you're real, but if you are, please save me. Cause I'm so sick and tired of everything about my life and I need out and I can't quit. Right. I'd tried to quit all the, all the various addictions I had for, I mean, hundreds of times, thousands of times, maybe. Um, so anyway, after, uh, after that, uh, prayer, I fell asleep. Next day, I even forgot about that it even happened. And over the next few days, I started to notice uh, those desires were sort of less appealing. And then I noticed over a period of weeks and months that they really started to lose their hold on me. And it wasn't like I was even trying to quit anymore. Um, It was just sort of like uh, I had had chains on my wrist, so to speak, and those chains were just sort of falling away. And I started just not wanting to continue pursuing uh, the addictions that I had had in my life. And um, at some point, I remembered that prayer, right? It was it was kind of one of those things. Like, I kind of didn't know what was happening. Then I remembered that I had said this prayer. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I'm saved, which is a weird thing to think, right? To wonder, like, I don't know. Maybe that prayer actually did something. Um and so, you know, over over uh, over a period of time, I, I came to believe that that is exactly what happened. Um, prior to that, I hadn't really spent a whole lot of time looking into the truth claims of Christianity. Um, again, I was just sort of raised with that, so I guess um, it was it was nice that I had that to fall back on. Right, that was the prayer that I prayed. Um, and and after that, I, I I realized like I you know it's nice that I think this. I, it's nice that I think that, that that Jesus has saved me from my sins, but I need to ground this on something more than just uh, you know my own personal experience, which I think is really valid. But I think you have to go beyond that if if you want to have a strong and robust faith, and especially if you're going to interact with atheists and and, and unbelievers online. So um, so then I started uh, really digging into apologetics. Um, I discovered. Um, you know, I sort of was raised with this sense that, well, Christians are just sort of, they're just sort of dumb, right? They just sort of believe this stuff and they don't really have any good reasons. Um, I, I grew up in Oklahoma and, um, the, the, the Christian culture that I came from was, you know, somewhat anti-intellectual. Um, it was sort of one of those things where you shouldn't ask too many questions and just have faith, that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I started digging um, into apologetics, and of course I came across all the um, the usual names that you're going to come across when you first start looking into this stuff. You know, William Lane Craig and 
Frank Turek and guys like that, um, which which was good. Um, that's a good good entry entry point for someone. Um, but then I, I eventually moved uh, into into more uh, philosophy and theology. At some point, I also discovered uh, Justin Brierley's uh, show. You might be familiar with Unbelievable. Um, and that sort of opened the door for me to realize, like, wow, there's a lot of of really bright intellectual people who are also Christians. Um, and that was that was important for me to know that, like, there's this whole world out there, and you can be a Christian and you can be intellectually justified um, in your beliefs, and you can defend them on a really, uh, you know, strong intellectual foundation. Um, at some point, I don't remember when I picked up Ed Fazer's book. Um, if you're familiar with him, he's a uh, Catholic uh, philosopher, former atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote, he wrote a book called um, Aquinas, A Beginner's Guide. And I had heard of Aquinas prior to that, but I didn't, I couldn't have told you anything about him. And I read this book and um, he goes through the five ways of St. Thomas. And I was, my mind was blown. Um, and so since then, I've, I've considered myself more or less a, a classical uh, theist, and I've, I've learned a lot more about uh, about St. Thomas and classical theism in general. Um, so that's kind of kind of where I'm at. I think that uh, I think that while there are uh, certainly lots of questions about the truth of Christianity and puzzles and things uh, to be wrestled with, I think that uh, Christianity is true, and I think that uh, it is intellectually uh, robust and defensible, and and so it, I, I I consider it an act of worship to uh, learn more, uh, to read to read the scriptures, to uh, you know engage in apologetics, and to talk with uh, people who don't believe. So well, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I'd like to uh, understand more how you've come to Christianity, though, right? Like in in your I guess that four years ago. You know, maybe uh, you were 39 years old. I, I, I'm not sure, but um, what what was the real reason? What do you think that? Like, I guess you said you were in an existential crisis. You know, like what was in your mind as to say that you needed to come to Christ? Like, what was what was happening in your life? You know, why? Like, it's it's very spontaneous. You know, you, you didn't expect it. You were in this down low would you say that it was pure emotion what was it you know um i think in the moment it was just i i had again i had tried to quit the you know and i won't go into all the details but like i said drugs and uh other stuff right you you can use your imagination but i i had things in my life that i just didn't want there that i um, had tried to tried to quit and tried to quit and tried to quit, and it was just one of these like I'm sick and tired of trying to quit and failing. And I, you sort of get to a point where you feel like you know what I might be just completely trapped, and there's no way out. And that's a really you know if you really get that feeling of of being trapped in your own behavior, where you really feel like there's no escape from from the uh, the lifestyle that you've sort of gotten yourself into that's pretty scary um, so yeah I don't I don't remember anything leading up to it it's not like I had been considering Christianity very seriously or or 
it was, it was fairly spontaneous. Um, you know, it was one night, like I said, and in fact, I think I might've been, um, still under the influence. <laughs> I'm, I very well might've been drinking that night and it was, I was, you know, later on coming down or whatever you want to say, sobering up. Um, when I, when I just decided, you know what, I hate everything about the way that I'm living and I need a way out. And so it was that prayer of like, you know what, if you're real, I, I have no idea if, if you are, but if you can hear me, help. And mm-hmm. well, what's somehow, someday, I've, I've been totally transformed in the last four years. Um, awesome. I mean, yeah, I could go on and on, but I mean, even everything uh, from my lifestyle down to the, you know, just the things that you think about on a daily basis, the things that you yeah. uh, give yeah. your time to. Right. Yeah, well, so. it's what's interesting about that though is that um the rationality part, you know, the 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 intellectual defense came after you being a Christian. So in essence, you know, being a Christian is not just being able to to have the knowledge to defend your faith, but more so it's something that you and in uh self-evident experience within you. That well, a Christian would say it's the working of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's accepting Jesus Christ, being born again. But and so, would you describe? How would you describe that experience, though? That would you say that that was the start of you really being the Christian? You know, and not the how you being able to defend Christianity. Well, like I said, it started. It, it started with with just that sort of um, spontaneous what I would describe as a non-intellectual response, right? Um, mm. A move of desperation in a way. Um, and then and then the intellectual, mm-hmm. the learning and the defense of it came later. But I do think there are a lot of people, I mean, when you get into apologetics, you, you, you come across people who it's all head and no heart, right? They're, they're singularly focused on the arguments and the evidence and and the, the relational aspect of, of loving and following Jesus and trying to, to model your life after him is, is sort of secondary. So, yeah, I think the, the intellectual stuff's great, but if you don't, if it hasn't connected with your heart and really changed the way that you see yourself and the way that you see other people, it's almost pointless, right? Well, well like, I, I want to point this out, though, right? Like, um, you know, you could defend your faith all you want, but you're not a Christian because of intellectual or rational reasons. That's for sure, right? Because you were already be- become a Christian, whether or not it was intellectually defensible. You you did not know for certain yet at that point in your life when you decided to be a Christian. But let me ask you this though: How would you defend that experience from someone who would discount it as simply a down part of your life? You know, purely chemicals in your brain that push you to that limit. You know, how would you say that that experience was genuinely spiritual? So you you broke up there a little bit, but I think you were asking how I would defend my personal experience against a charge of um, what that maybe it was yeah, just psychological yeah. or. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you. I think that would be more of a, of a plausible theory for me. And I believe me, I've thought about this stuff a bunch because nobody wants to believe something 
and be mistaken, right? All of us, I think, value truth, and we want to base our beliefs on true things. Um, so I think that if you perhaps, I mean, we all have heard of the placebo effect, right? If you take a, a, a pill and you have a belief ahead of time that the pill is going to have some effect to change your health or whatever, um, studies have shown that that a, a pill that's really nothing, a sugar pill, can have an effect, right? So I think that if, if that were the case for me, um, th that I would be m a little more concerned that it was just uh, psychological fulfillment of a bunch of expectations. But at that time, I really didn't have any expectations, right? Number one, I didn't even know if any of it was true, number one. Number two, the whole concept of sanctification, um, I hadn't even heard of it. Right. I didn't I didn't understand any of that stuff. I had always thought that and I think a lot of people think this, that, you know, before you can become a Christian, you, you need to fix yourself and you need to become good and you need to, you know, justify yourself in order to in order to be uh, to become a Christian. But um, so so none of those things were in play for me. I really came to it with a pretty blank slate, not knowing what to expect. And as I mentioned, you know, I, I even forgot that I had said the prayer and was surprised to find, like, wait a minute, the stuff that I really thought I could never stop doing is suddenly not that interesting to me anymore, and I don't know why. Oh, that's right. I, I remember that, you know, days ago, weeks ago, whatever, I said this prayer. I wonder maybe that's what's going on here, right? Versus just thinking ahead of time, here's what's going to happen if I do this. So that's what I would say um, Say to that. I don't know if you had any other uh, questions or objections. Yeah, but, to, you know, I, because like I, 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 I love to dive into the epistemology of it, of how you know that you, you were saved at that point or you were a real Christian at that point, you know, because, well, you, you seem to say that there are indicators that, that at that moment, it, my life sort of changed, you know, the, the sort of actions, like uh, an effect that impacted me to to lead this sort of life that changed from 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 a downfall to an, a, another from an upwards uh, progression of of quality of life. Right. So in, in defense of that, would you say that uh, there was some uh, different kind of knowledge that allowed you to know that you were you were a Christian at that point. It's not not something like uh, post uh, experiential, posterior, or empirical, but maybe something of of like a soul like not a spiritual knowledge of your salvation. Would you say that there were at that point there was something like that? Um, you know, I don't know, man. That's a really uh, that's a good question because as I said for a while. At least initially, I wasn't really sure what what was going on. Um, for me, I, you know, a lot of people when they talk about their salvation or or when they found Jesus or you know or he found them, it's a lot of people. It's it's a moment, right? They could even point to the day when they made the decision. And I've never felt that way. I've I've always felt that it was sort of this realization slowly after the fact that hey, wait a minute, I. I think I am a Christian and I'm, I'm just now realizing it. Right. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question or if you're okay. more, um, I, I, I fully respect like, that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
But, that, but maybe that, you're that asking. Sort of, that, sort, that sort of understanding of it, though, that there was not one point of your life that you were saved, it, it goes with some, some like more of a Catholic or Orthodox uh, view on it, right? Where the, your decision to follow Christ is, is like a, a movement towards Him rather than just being like an overturn, like a, a 100 immediate right. flip. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's been an Yeah, for me, it's been a, a definite progression. Um, but then, as I said, I learned after the fact about this thing called sanctification, right? Like you should experience, you should experience the lessening of, of the effects and the control of sin in your life, right? You should experience um, a growing distaste for sin, you know, like your own personal, not other people's, right? I, I, this is all about your own personal inward change and you should be experiencing that. I never even heard of anything like that before. So it's almost like I was experiencing this and then I was learning, oh, okay, that's what that is. Um, and it's and it's continued to this day, yeah. right? I mean, it, it, it still continues. Yeah. And there are days when, there are days when, you know, you, you wake up and, and you feel like, you know, spiritually um, tired, right? Like, you know, It'd be easy to just give up. It'd be easy to quit. So I think for me, like following Jesus is a daily decision. You know, you wake up each day and you make conscious choices. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to spend time reading the Bible. Um, you know, you have to make these, the uh, you know, s some spiritual disciplines an active, daily, intentional uh, part of your life, or I think you're going to stagnate in your in your spiritual okay. development okay. for a long time though that wasn't for a long time though i felt like i was just carried along right like it just was happening to me and i wasn't even doing anything to to cause it yeah okay well um you know i i'm satisfied with that you know i i guess that um we're all in this sanctification path and i hope you continue to grow brother but um i would like to ask them though You know, I guess that you could say that at what, there was at one point that you did start a change, though. But I want to know about your perspective on the metaphysical nature of the or rea of reality. You know, for example, if you were not Christian before, right? Yeah. So how would like so I would say that in, it, you were living as a agnostic or atheist before you decided to fully uh, pursue the Christian path. Yeah, no, I've always, um, I, I would say I've always been a theist. I've never been an atheist. I told my grandmother I was an atheist once when I was like 18 years old because I think I wanted to upset her at the time for some reason. But uh, I was never, uh, never serious. So I can recall, um, I can recall very clearly when I was super young, I want to say maybe seven years old or something like that one night, laying in bed, um, thinking about, what caused like a tree, for example, and the tree grew out of the ground from the seed and the seed, you know, um, grew because of the water and the soil and the nutrients. And well, what caused that? And what caused that? And what caused that? And I'd always in my mind work back to, well, if you follow this chain of causes back, well, there must be a God. And like, that's a very rudimentary cosmological argument, but I was making that in my head at the time as a little kid, it was just intuitive, right? Like if you think about any series of, of causes, 
to me at the time, it seemed obvious that you're going to have to terminate in a first cause. Um, and so I've always been a, a, a theist. It's always just seemed plainly evident to me that God exists. Um, and that's not to say that I never have my doubts or I never have days where I wonder, right? Or, or um, you know, I, I always want to keep myself open to the possibility. So I'm never... Uh, you know, I'm never someone who would say like, I'm a hundred percent absolutely certain all the time. And I never doubt, um, God's existence, but it's always been pretty evident to me. Um, and the times I have, you know, and even calling it doubt is probably too much more like wondering, Hmm, gee whiz, I guess it could be possible that I'm mistaken, but I've never really, uh, found any reason to think that that's the case. And I, I like to look at the atheist arguments. I like to watch the discussions with the atheists on, on YouTube. Um, Capturing Christianity is one of my favorite YouTube channels. Um, and I'm a, I'm a monthly uh, financial supporter of that channel. And if anybody hasn't heard of it, I, I strongly recommend you to go check it out. But he hosts discussions all the time with, uh, you know, theists and atheists. And uh, I like to hear their arguments, again, because I think we all value believing true things. Um, I've just never, ever heard an atheist argument that I found convincing. To me, they're all, uh, they all have presuppositions that seem highly questionable to me. So, Well, uh, I would love to have you someday maybe uh, have a debate on, with an atheist here on my show. But you know, I, I would love to focus more on your worldview rather than counter arguments to your worldview. But so... Uh, in terms of your worldview, though, right? So, you were so you you say you're a classical theist. So, how does this uh, world work, right? So, we have a God, that personal loving God, Creator, and uh, were were we created in literal seven days? What what do you think? Um. So we're, you're still breaking up a little bit. I don't know if it might help to turn. Your, your our video off to improve okay. it, but we can we can keep yeah. going and see. I think yeah. I just yeah let's, video let's, let's, let's let's try with yeah that, let's try it without video. I think that's better. I'll leave mine on if 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 we still have problems, I'll shut mine off. Um, anyway, no, I don't believe that the Earth was created in in, in uh, six literal literal days. I think um, I don't have a problem with uh, fellow believers who 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 think that way, and I don't think that. I don't think that th that kind of thing should be a stumbling block. And I know there are a lot of people out there who, um, you know, they might consider Christianity more seriously, but they've got the mistaken idea that if, you know, if you're going to believe that the Bible is true, that you have to believe that, you know, a, a literal reading of Genesis um, is required. And I, I don't think that. And if I did believe that that were required in order to be a Christian, I don't know. I, it would be really tough for me to, to bite the bullet on that one because okay. I just don't okay. think that that makes sense. Okay, though, though, the, the, this thing though is, um, I would like to see what you think about why there is a difference between your belief in, in let's say, evolution and billions of years of, of creation and Christians who interpret the Bible as literal in like six literal days and then seventh day he rested. Why do you think there's a difference there? So are you asking me why do I think different Christians come to different conclusions? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, um, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with 
um, your own tradition, right? I think some people are are raised, uh, you know, either in a church or in a family where uh, that view is central to to their to their faith, and it's talked about a lot. And it's um, I think a lot of people are raised with with that view that look, if you're uh, you know if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to you know say that this is God's word. Uh, you you need to read it like this, and if you don't, then you are, you know, either a heretic or um, an apostate or whatever. And I think I think a lot of people just feel a lot of pressure to see the text that way. Um, so so yeah, I mean, and then I think I think on the flip side, someone like myself, I think that God gave us the ability to do science and the ability to reason and the ability to think. Um, I think that um, in light of what we know now, given, given science, uh, concluding that the earth is not young, I think it, it is fine. Um, and then, you know, if you, if you take that view, well, how does that, does that comport with scripture? Is there a way to understand the, the Genesis account um, in a way that is, that is both faithful to the text um, and, um, Accords with uh, modern science, and I think absolutely there is. Um, there's a book I read called Genesis Unbound by John Salehammer, which I would recommend. Um, that is uh, one way of of looking at Genesis and understanding it in light of of science. Um, and and there are other ways too. Um, but Joshua here's a question, but, but here's a question though, mm-hmm. right? Like, if yep. I was going to plug another yeah. really good book, but I'll yeah. wait. Okay. But if the Bible, of, or if Genesis actually, you know, it, it literally means six days, and it does not imply like uh, billions of years, but it literally means God created God, uh, the world or the universe in six days. And it was proven by science that we are, cre- we, we are, we have been here for b- billions of years. Would you dis- that would that count as a discredit to discredit the Bible itself and your Christianity? Um, yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's an interesting question. I don't know how we could ever come to know um, that Genesis that the authors or author of Genesis um, intended for us here in the twenty first century or. Uh, their original audience that would have heard this account um, originally, you know, I don't know if there's any way for us to know with, with absolute certainty what the intent of the author was. I think there's there are plenty of examples in Scripture where, uh, you know, particularly in the Old Testament, where um, there where there's allegory, right? Where it seems to me pretty obvious that. Uh, the story itself is not meant to be taken literally. And then there are other times when, um, you know, like in, in uh, Chronicles and Kings where, um, you know, most of that is meant to be um, literal, factual history. Um, so, so that's the first thing we'd have to know is, okay, 100% for sure, we've, we've now found out that, yep, the authors of Genesis intended for all of us to read this as six literal 24-hour days. And I think that's that... That would be hard to do. Um, the other thing I would say is that there is also another way to view the text, which is to say um, that it is six literal 24-hour periods, but that it's not about um, the creation of the entire universe, but rather the Genesis account is about God bringing 
um, form and order uh, out of chaos um, and, and sort of preparing, uh, and when I say chaos like the, the earth, right? Um, so this six literal days of creation is God preparing uh, the promised land uh, for his chosen people. And that's another way I think that you can read it. Um, I'm not sure who it is um, that that defends that position. Um, it might it might be in the book I mentioned. I'm not sure. I've read a, a few different things about this. So I think that's another way to harmonize it and say, yep, it is six 24-hour periods, um, but it doesn't apply to you know the Big Bang, right? I don't think that when the when Genesis says "Let there be light," I don't think that's talking about the Big Bang. I think yeah, that's uh, but but what I'm it's an interesting you, coincidence. But what, I, what I'm hearing from you though is that you have like a fluidity in what you believe that it could be six days, but with this explanation, and it could be billions of years with this explanation. You don't seem to hold a consistent one at that, and that you would take a stand on and actually prove to other Christians that they they t mistook the Bible as this. You know, you, you're more of like, okay, you might be right, actually, or maybe you, 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 could, you could reconsider reading the Bible again and re-understanding it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm always open to changing my position. There are some really, I mean, this is the thing, you know, there are some really intelligent, uh, you know, creationists who are Christians. There's, uh, there's a guy, I think, Todd... Wood or something. I think he's a he's a he's a PhD in biology or something like that. He's a creationist, a young Earth creationist, and a really smart, educated guy. And um, you know, what what do I do with that knowledge, right? There's this guy out here who clearly knows more than I do about about relevant uh, the relevant fields, and and he's got a radically different view than I do. So I mean, I guess I just I'm I'm open minded. You know, I tend to think that. Science is fairly well settled that the Earth is is very old, um, and so we need to understand Scripture in light of science. Um, I think that anybody who who wants to just say, well, it doesn't matter what science says, we have to believe what we think the Bible says. I, I don't know. I think that's a very uh, limited way to look at things. And again, I, I, I don't, all truth is God's truth. I think that he, he gave us the ability to do science and to reason and to think. And so um, if our science is telling us that the earth is old, then I, to me, that's just an invitation to go back and look at the text and try and understand, um, understand it in the, in the light of what we know now. Okay. But the thing though, when you say that it, is that we have to believe what science tells us because well God gave us our in intelligence to determine uh, knowledge through science right but but and then what happens though is when science starts to step over what you you were you previously believed in the, what the Bible said and you start and you keep moving the goalposts until there's nothing left of what you believed before because science keeps pushing it to a limit, you know? Um, wh how, what would that tell about your beliefs in the Bible and your understanding of it if science, if you constantly uh, change it due to scientific discoveries? Well, I mean, I guess I'd have to, you know, that 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 is more of like a what if kind of a question, right? So, I mean, I think it's a really good question because I think I do need to have... Um, a way of of because clearly I, I if I if I were to simply say that while well, science reigns supreme no matter what um, 
you know, and then it did come to pass that there was some scientific discovery that somehow refuted or invalidated uh, some core tenant of Christianity. I mean, that would definitely be a problem, um, and that would require some real uh, reflection. I, I can't imagine what that would be. Um, you know, for me, too, as a Christian, I, I think that, uh, you know, an individual's, you know, if you, if you, if you look at... Um, in the New Testament, you know, if you if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that, that Christ is Lord and that that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved, right? It doesn't say um, if you confess with your mouth and, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, et cetera, et cetera. And you also have these other doctrinally correct beliefs in um, a young earth and this and that and 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 you know uh, all this other stuff, and then you'll be saved, right? It doesn't say any of that. So to me, those are all really interesting questions about, about Genesis and, um, you know, and there are lots of questions about the Old Testament and about, um, you know, the historical reliability of, of a variety of the different accounts of the Israelites throughout the Old Testament. And so, um, you know, if your Christian faith hangs on a particular uh, reading of the text, you know, and it doesn't rest solely on uh, Jesus and his person and his work and his resurrection, then i to me, that's 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 a problem in and of itself. So, I do try to remain pretty pretty flexible. So, I guess to your question, it would have to be some sort of science that showed that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, right? But that gets right back to what what Saint Paul says that you know, if, if Christ is not raised, then our then our faith is in in vain, and we're still dead in our sins. So, mm-hmm. that's what I would say. Science would have to show that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And I don't think that that, that science uh, can uh, has or could show that. I mean, I think that you would have to somehow they'd have to find his body, and then there'd have to be DNA testing, and I, you know, who knows how that would even if that's even possible, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think though that whatever uh, in, in your case, whatever science says, you know, you, you'll still be a Christian nonetheless. I think that's what you're what you've been saying. Since you started being um, a Christian without the rationalist uh, parts before, right? True. However, as I said, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, Christianity as a whole, the entire thing, regardless of which, you know, brand of Christianity you prefer, all of it, all of us ultimately are Christians because Jesus rose from the dead. That's the linchpin of, of everything, and so if, if if there were some sort of science that showed that that didn't um, occur, that's a problem, right? And so and that's where a lot of atheists focus their uh, firepower, right? They they focus uh, their their efforts to try and, and refute or discredit Christianity by focusing on uh, the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that they can say anything about the resurrection, but some attempt to but anyways um uh what about your views on the bible right like how would you say that any uh those who contest the reliability of the bible um well i mean i guess i'd have to know more uh about what you know what specifically are they contesting okay let's say about the, I think the I saw... witnesses not being uh, that the 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 testimonies themselves you know being not unreliable because they're not even for first 
first-hand witnesses. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and this is going to get sort of out of my uh, area of, of, well, I wouldn't even call it expertise, but... Um, okay, but if, if it's not in your expertise, though, then but why do you believe in the Bible in the first place? Would you say that Okay, there might be experts in 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 and that defend the reliability of the Bible. I'll just have faith in what they have right. to say. Is that what you're saying? You know what? I think I think um, I think sometimes. So I, there's a couple things going on here, right? Like the truth of the Bible is a very broad category. Um, you know, I think when someone says a question like, "Is the Bible true?" That's I'm not even sure what that question means necessarily, right? Like that needs to be unpacked um, so that we can understand what what it is we're talking about, right? Um, is it is it literally true in every single solitary thing that it says? Um, you know, did Jonah really spend three days inside of a, a giant fish, three days and three nights inside of a giant fish? Um, you know, or or are we saying? Is the Bible is the Bible true in all that it teaches in order to save uh, human beings, to give human beings a knowledge of uh, who God is and His plan for humanity through Christ, right? So there's there's two things, and I think that you can take a, 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 a you know, I think you have to have a very strong view about who Jesus was and about His, uh, you know, the fact that He was a real person and that He He died and rose again. And then I think that all of these, uh, you know, secondary and tertiary uh, issues are, are interesting. They're good to think about. Um, but I don't think they're, like I said, I don't think they're central to uh, the Christian faith. In and a way, so, you, 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 don't, you're not you don't believe in the miracles, like stated, like in the Old Testament, like that? Um, I mean, that depends. That depends. I mean, I... But it's an easy know, answer, though. Like, I, did, did the miracles occur or did they not? What do you think? You know, it's a simple question. I think so. I, yep, it is, absolutely. And I would say most of them did. The only ones that I really take issue with... Which um, ones? Well, I mean, I would say, like, uh, uh, the Book of Jonah, which is an incredible uh, book. Um I do not believe the author or authors of Jonah wrote that with the intention of communicating historical facts, right? Um, I mean, if you, um, Why? If you read Why do the you book, think, though? there's a, well, I mean, so I, I think it one for one, because I, and I will uh, appeal to authority because I know uh, biblical scholars who are solid Christians who, who hold that view. And I think that, um, I trust them. I trust their expertise. Um, but if you read the book, there's a lot of um, hyperbole. There's a lot of exaggeration. There's a lot of uh, humor in the book. Um, if anybody's interested, I will plug a, a brief series of sermons by a guy named Tim Mackey. He runs the Bible Project. Um, and he did, a, he, I believe, it was a three-part series on the book of Jonah on his podcast, um, Exploring My Strange Bible, which is no longer, he's no longer updating it, but the, the the feed is still out there and you can get the episodes go and listen to his three part thing on Jonah. It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, the book of Jonah is theologically true, right? I mean, it, it, it tells, um, the reader things that are true. Um, but you know, does it, does it intend to tell you or to tell the original audience that was listening to the story 
that there was a guy who actually got swallowed up by a whale and spent, you know, but uh, time I don't inside know of this, it. Though, like, this is interesting to me uh-huh. because you believe in other miracles, but why not just believe in a guy, a miracle of a guy being swallowed uh, up by a whale for three days? You know, the miracle, yeah, well, I, the miracle I, of like the Noah, no, uh, Moses dividing the flood is a lot, the, the, the Red Sea is a lot more unbelievable than a whale swallowing up a human, right? Well, I don't, I, yes, it is absolutely. And so what I would say is I don't, I don't uh, believe or disbelieve based on how incredible it is. Um, it, it, for me, it's a matter of what did the author intend, right? So if I were to be convinced that the author uh, of Jonah um, intended for that to be heard by his original audience and understood by, by us as factual history, then I would believe that yes, because again, if if and I'll play, you know, as I play, uh, I call playing the God card, right? If God exists, miracles are possible. End of story. So yes, if God exists, a guy could, te- you know, sure, get swallowed by a whale and be, you know, spend three days in it. I mean, I think it sounds uh, a bit absurd to me, but again, uh, if I thought that the author, if that was the intent of the book, was to communicate that. But I think when we read that book in particular, and if anybody goes and listens to that sermon I mentioned, the three-part sermon by Tim Mackey, I think when we listen, you know, or read the story of Jonah and we all get hung up on the miracle, you know, or this crazy thing that happened, we miss completely all of the other uh, theological truths that are in the story. And so I think there's just a lot more going on there. And when we get all hung up on, well, did this really happen or did it not? I think we're just missing, uh, you know, missing out on, on what that book in particular has to offer. So it depends, right? Um, with regard to the Exodus, um, I, I've always assumed that that was a real historical event. I mean, it seems kind of um, required if uh, God is going to um, lead the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt. Seems seems important that that, that be a, a real historical event, right? And I think that when you read that account, I, I think that the authors um, in, in Exodus are absolutely trying to communicate, you know, this is what really happened. Well, I, I think that this drives us back to the question, though, what made you believe in the Bible in the first place? Was it simply by faith? Or did you actually have like a rational study of the reliability and validity of the Bible and it and its claims, like for example, about Moses and what happened there and the miracles there? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I think it's important to, to take things on a case by case basis. Um, I think it's important to look at uh, scholarship to see what people who study these things and know a lot more than I do think. Um, so again, I don't know. I guess I, I'm comfortable saying I don't know with some stuff. Okay. So um, in a way you're just going to take the word of the scholars. That's it. That's it. Right. Well, I, th- I think that we all have to do that ultimately. Right. I mean, unless, unless you've taken the time to, um, you know, learn Hebrew and become very familiar with ancient Near Eastern cultures and, and really dig deep into the history and the people and the text, at a certain point you have to defer to experts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And, and for somebody to say, well, you know, my, my pastor um, says that all of this stuff really happened. And so I'm just going to believe it. Well, that's okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong or that you, you know, shouldn't listen to your pastor. But I, for me personally, I, I'd, I'd like to talk to or read someone who is, you know, is, is, has spent more time focusing on those particular questions. Right. Okay. And then I guess for me, it also depends on whether or not I think those, those questions for me personally are interesting or, or germane to my own uh, walk of, of faith. And I guess I've never really been too hung up on that stuff. I, in my work, you know, work's probably the wrong word, but in my time spent uh, reading, doing apologetics and, and learning, I've always found learning about the New Testament, learning about um, the Gospels and, and uh, the disciples a lot more interesting and a lot more relevant, right, to the question of, of the truth of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but what does this say about how what you believe, though, right? Because you know you 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 form your belief system around Christianity, and you've been a Christian probably since you were a child. But you know you've got a certain revival in the, the late stages of your life. But what what does it say that um, it is Christianity simply a a, fa- a faith, you know? It, that there are parts that you have to just say, I don't know. And you, you have to just have faith in some parts of it. Um, well, sure. Yeah, I think, I think absolutely. I want to do, I, I want to correct one thing though. You said that, you know, I've been a Christian most of my life and had a revival. That's, I, I would definitely not characterize myself that way. I, I grew up, you know, getting taken to church, but I always sort of just figured religions away for the adults to try and, tell us what to do and, and, you know, keep us in line. So I, I never really took it seriously. Okay. I recall, okay. I can't, I can't count how many Sundays sitting in Sunday school, uh, counting the pages in the hymnal and totally ignoring, uh, <laughs> the sermon, you know, who knows, maybe if I'd paid more attention, I would have, I would have, uh, figured things out a lot sooner. But anyway, I just wanted to make that clear. Um, and then what, what was the, oh yeah, yeah faith. Um, mm-hmm. yes, I think, I think ultimately at the end of the day, there are certain things that, that, uh, we have to take on faith. And, and so like, um, you know, St. Thomas, for example, he would, he would say, you know, reason using reason alone and, and observing, um, the natural order, we can come to a knowledge of God, for example, but he didn't believe that you could, um, you know, that you could use reason to come to a conclusion that, uh, the Trinity is true, right? That's a revealed truth. And, and, and that is, is faith to me, right? That is, uh, trusting that that revelation in scripture is, is true and is mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. So there are things that you definitely have to take on faith. Okay. okay. And I think that's okay. I, I, I honestly wouldn't want, um, I mean, to me, you know, if you had absolute epistemic certainty, you no longer need faith. Right. And yeah. so I, I think that having faith is, is good and important because in that faith you're trusting. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess then though, you have to take account of what kind of faith you have, right. And whether or not your faith is something that is, is a good one. You know, you could have a lot of bad faiths, like what happens with cults and, 
and a lot certain denominations of Christianity that went really bad, you know. But but um, how do you decipher whether or not your faith is something that is is n- not dangerous or wrong? Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I've never felt like I had to decipher that. I, I've never felt like God was calling me to do something, uh, you know, dangerous or immoral. Um, since I since I've become a Christian, my as I as I talked about, it's been for me um, a, a, a wonderful and beautiful experience. Um, you know, with with times of of trial and challenge. Um, you know, as you continue to walk in faith, but. Um, so for me, I mean, the evidence is just um, beyond just the apologetics and all of that stuff. The evidence for me is is uh, clear in the change I've seen in myself when I haven't even tried to change. Um, I was, you know, again, it was a, for me as if I were changed from the outside or from the inside, I guess, right? But it wasn't me doing it. And so uh, that to me is uh, evidence that, Whatever I've experienced is good. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, if if you, if an atheist were to uh, understand what you just said, that you would accept that there are things that you have to take as faith in faith, you know, in Christianity. Well, they would say they would ultimately say that you're probably wrong if you're just going to take it on faith because you you just don't know empirically and you can't prove it. So in a way, you're building your house on sand. How would you? Well, you, yeah, I mean, what I, I would push back on that and just say that ultimately all of us have faith, right? Um, I have faith that other minds exist, right? I, I can't see other minds. I, I, you know, I can't cut open someone's head and look at their mind. But I have a belief that I they, that solipsism is not true, that I'm not the only mind that exists. So, I mean, to me, that's a kind of faith. Um, you know, you might have reasons for believing it based on, you know, uh, the analogy of, of uh, or the, you know, the comparative uh, behavior of other people with yourself and, and infer that they, well, they must have a, a mind. Um, the reality of the past, right? Um, I think we all uh, take it as a given that the world wasn't created five seconds ago, but there's no way to know that, right? By definition, any evidence uh, given would, would have been created five seconds ago. So that's another one of those things that, well, we, we just don't know, you know, and if you wanted to, uh, be more, more skeptical, you can say that, you know, we all have faith that our senses are providing us with true information about the world. Um, you know, we have faith that we're not a brain in a vat, um, we're, you know, uh, those sorts of things. So ultimately all of our knowledge rests on, uh, unprovable, uh, propositions, basic beliefs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, though, uh, you're sort of qualifying all sorts of faith, right? Like I have faith that I'm God. You know, we're all just uh, basing our faiths on unprovable, but we, that's not how what what normal people do. No, normal people rely on science, like and how you would rely on science as well in your daily life. But there are things that that would seem un well, you know, unconvincing 
as for example as would Christianity would appear unconvincing to a lot of atheists what you'd say what would you say about that well I mean if I'm talking to any given atheist I want to kind of step back and say um, you know before we get into talking about the truth of Christianity we should probably first establish you know that God exists if an atheist doesn't think God exists well then you know Christianity is not true, and no other religion is true, nor could it be true. Um, so that that would be the first place I would go. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time debating the truth of Christianity with someone that doesn't even think God exists. Um, yeah, that, that's that's where I would okay. begin. Okay. Well, um, Barry, I, I just want to ask you uh, ask you one last question because you are a Christian right now. Uh, what direction would you say you're heading towards? Like, what kind of of uh, Christian man, and what what are your goals right now in terms of you developing yourself it, towards a better life, like to like Christ? Um, yeah, I mean, my my goals are practicing spiritual discipline. Um, I read a book recently by Dallas Willard called The Spirit of the Disciplines, um, and he makes a really good case in there that um, a lot of Christians have the mistaken notion that, um, you know, sanctification is sort of, is something that just sort of happens, right? You become a Christian, and then over time, God's just going to do stuff to you uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit or whatever to make you better or less sinful or whatever. Um, I think that's true to a point, but ultimately I think that each of us is, has to do some work. And so, um, you know, he, he lays out in there a number of uh, spiritual disciplines uh, that, that people can practice if they're, if they're serious about growing um, in their spiritual lives. So um, practicing those, you know, the, those are things like fasting, for example, uh, prayers and obvious ones, reading scripture, um, solitude, uh, or silence where you actually don't speak uh, for a period of time. Um, and there are others, poverty, you know, for, for a period of time, something like that, choosing to uh, spend uh, less money or to give more money away. Um, so those are some of the things I'd like to do. I mean, as a daily practice, I mean, I get up every day, and I, I most days the first thing I do is, is read the Bible. Um, I like the YouVersion Bible app. If uh, anybody has not used that, I highly recommend it. There's a daily story, too. It's sort of like a, like it looks and feels kind of like an Instagram story, but it's a, a Bible verse and some meditations on the verse and then um, a very brief uh uh, presentation from a, a different pastor or speaker or whatever on the day's topic. Um, so I'll do that. I'll read the Bible, pray, um, uh, or sometimes I'll, I'll save my prayer time f for the evening. And th those are the things that I think are essential. I mean, I think if you're not reading the Bible on a regular basis and you're not praying on a regular basis, you're, you know, I think that's a very dangerous place to be spiritually. So, um, and, you know, for me personally, I keep, <laughs> it's funny because, um, I like the fact that, you know, you're 20 years old and you've got this podcast that you started doing. Um, I think that's awesome, man. I, I, I hope you, uh, Thanks, you keep doing it because I've, uh, I've wanted to do something like that, you know, but like it's intimidating to get on calls with people you don't know at all and talk about these kinds of things. It is. Um, or yeah. potentially, you know, have a debate with someone that disagrees with you. So I definitely like to get more involved in that kind of stuff. I have, uh, you know, just a ton of respect for guys like uh, Cameron Bertuzzi on uh, Capturing Christianity, you know, where he, he was a photographer and he, uh, his, his brother 
uh, you know, announced that he, he was an atheist. And so he started researching Christianity and all this stuff and started the YouTube channel. Um, and now it's just grown like crazy. I think he's got, I think he's pushing like 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. So, um, you know, it just shows that you don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to be um, a scholar in order to jump in and start, uh, you know, making content and interacting with people and uh, defending uh, the faith and, and showing um, people who are who aren't believers, you know, that uh, that they are loved and that they're going to be uh, respected and treated well when they when they talk to Christians. And I think that's something that there's way too much of. There's way too many Christians who are jerks to atheists, who are jerks to unbelievers, um, you know. And on behalf of every other Christian out there, I apologize if you've ever come across a Christian who is rude or mean to you um, online, because that's uh, you know that's not Christ-like. And I think we're all called to uh, imitate Christ in the way we treat others, especially uh, people who uh, are outside the faith, because we want them to uh, to know that they're loved and to feel uh, welcomed into uh, into the family of faith. Awesome, man! Like, uh, and I just want to say thank you so much for being on my podcast. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. Well, yeah, it was fun. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. We're moving in a new direction. Moving forward. And moving beyond smoking. We are Altria. And our companies are leading the way in moving adult smokers away from cigarettes by taking action to transition millions toward potentially less harmful choices as we move from being known as a tobacco company to being recognized as a tobacco harm reduction company. Altria is moving beyond smoking. Find out how at Altria.com. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with carrier. Products sold separately.